Welcome to Sun Talks, the live podcast. Live from Women in Film Week at, at the, the Sidewalk uh, Cinema. Beautiful Sidewalk Cinema. We have an audience. Thank you for being here. That's, that's, I, I can barely see the back of the room. I mean, there's people as far as the eye can see. Yeah. Uh, really, it's, only, it's, it's, only three you, matter. You listening to this cannot confirm or deny. Four! Four people! Hooray! Oh, wow! Hey, Kathleen. How are you? Hey, Kathleen. Um, okay, well, why don't we just... Let's get going. Let's five-minute fight. Uh, oh, wait, no. First, no, we're supposed to we say We have to finish stuff. the intro. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm just in a rush to get this done because, <laughs> you know, it's Women in Film Week. And I don't know why I'm sitting on a stage with you. Ew. Boy, wow. Oh, okay. I got it all from Jeez. Kathleen. Yeah, my wife is here. You have to be nice to me. I know. Sponsored by Revelator Coffee and Batwell Studios. Uh, who are you and what are we doing here? I'm Rachel Morgan. I'm Corey Kraft. We, we, make, a, we make a podcast. This is that podcast. Side Talks. All right. Let's, let's, let's get go. into it. Get ready for a five-minute fight. Five-minute round one fight. Okay, you ready? I guess. Okay, hold on though. I'm not quite ready actually. I'm used to Brad, you know, asking me if I'm ready and all this. And today we're just kind of rolling. Brad's over here and just letting it go, letting us just run wild. You took notes. I'm not prepared. Yes, that's right, bitch. Okay, what are we fighting about? All right, are you are you ready with the timer? Go ahead and start it, because I want to get this over Quit with. Um, we are fighting about Clint Eastwood, uh, beloved movie star and film director. But Specifically, we're fighting about him as a film director. There we go. After I dared mention last week when we were recording the podcast that I thought Mystic River was a good movie. Um, and it's not. A foolish mistake, obviously, since it led to this. And I'm about to put your head into a vice. All because right. I have done research today. Okay. Today I come with quotes. Today I come with ammunition. Today I come with support. So you're going to point at, I don't know, the roughly 75% of his filmography that isn't very good. And you're going to say, he does two takes for every actor and he hits the golf course by 12 o'clock every day and he's You're he's just done. burying yourself, yeah, Corey. I, know, but I could I'm just mention Bridges of, of Madison County. Yeah, which is a movie I like. Oh, God. I Good could Merrill. mention Jersey Boys. I could uh, mention you could. Sully. I could mention... Sully rules. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, those are fighting words. Uh, Sully. Sully is good. Um, um, look, Space he, Cowboys. Okay. Yeah, you're so mentioning a lot of quotes. movies. Okay. Here are some quotes. Throw the quotes at me. This, his IMDb, IMDb page as a director looks a lot like a, v, a VHS giveaway pile, <laughs> which I completely agree with. Is that, a, is that a quote that you said? You're quoting yourself? I, I, I'm no, but okay. I would say that. All right. Um, from David Thompson. Uh-huh. Clint Eastwood is among the very few Americans admired and respected at home and abroad without qualification or irony. Okay, that's a good quote. That's a really good quote. Yeah, David um, Thompson, smart guy. Here's another one from Charles Taylor. That Million Dollar Baby specifically, which okay. we've fought about before, but I just want to say this is applicable, I think, to the vast majority of his IMDb page. A compendium of every cliche from every bad boxing melodrama ever made. Now, you could just take out boxing drama, but... Uh, okay, and wait, just wait. Okay, all right. No, just sorry. wait. Okay. From Esquire, Tom Janot, is that right? Am I saying his name right? Sure. Yeah. Uh, the Clint movie is defined by what he won't do. He won't go over budget. He won't go over schedule. He won't storyboard. He won't shot list. Fine if you're not going to storyboard, but you can't, you don't, you can't skip a shot list. He won't say action or cut, and he won't rehearse. And even his best friend, Morgan Freeman, his good buddy, said he won't shoot a foot of film without the script. Unless the script, excuse me, unless the script is done, mm-hmm. and then once it's done, he won't change it a bit. Yeah, which results in some uneven film sometimes. So uh, he's known for his first takes. Uh-huh. These are not things that great filmmakers are known for, Corey. Not calling action, not rehearse, not. 
this is the thing. He's a relic. He's an old, he's an old schooler and in the worst way. He makes movies, you're right, as if he's looking forward to his golf game. Okay, now I'm, I'm done. I just okay. won. All of that is kind of hard to refute. It's not untrue. <laughs> um, this is the worst fight we've no, ever but had. Look, despite that, the 25% of movies that Clint has made that do connect, really, really connect, I think he is, even at his worst... Are you going to cry macho? A, I'm going to cry macho so hard because I really do like that movie too. Um, that's an example of a good latter-day Clint, you know, solid craftsman job where the camera is always where it needs to be, <laughs> where the film is relatively unassuming and not flashy, but solidly entertaining and well done. I mean, he comes from the same sort of American tradition as like Howard Hawks, a journeyman. And I, you could say that that is a uh, you know, sign that he's a hack or whatever, but I think that that's admirable. He's like know? a skeleton with pink sweatpants on directing. Yeah. You just said it. I mean, here's the pull quote. Okay. It's a solid craftsman job. Uh-huh. That's, that's Sorry, bad. I was drinking coffee and not speaking in the microphone. Are you going to try to fight this at all? Not you basically, really, because, I mean, like, am I like, wrong, Brad? He basically you're, you're just said, like, everything, everything, everything I knew you would come at me with, and I can't, like, refute the fact that, no, he, do, he's, he, at his worst, can be accused of being lazy and not terribly invested in the filmmaking. But at his best, I'm talking movies like Unforgiven, um... The Mule, which is great, recently. I liked Richard Jewell. I liked Sully a lot. I like... At his best, he's a proficient filmmaker. At his, no, at his best. Unforgiven is not the work of a proficient filmmaker. It's the work of an excellent filmmaker. Does he pour uh, all of himself into a film like titles? he does with Unforgiven or A Perfect World or uh, The Outlaw Josie Wales or any number of these other uh, How many titles films? are on his IMDb page? Like 50-something. I know he's directed a bunch of movies and some of them are bad. You got me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying some of them are bad. I'm saying that first of all, we could argue about the few that you think are good and I think are bad. You could, you could, ar- we could. Which argue are that. all of them apparently? Well, you just got done saying most of them are bad. Yeah, a lot or, of them you are said bad. Some of them. Some. Okay, so I'm just saying we could argue. We could go down. I'm not going to fight over like Invictus or Hereafter or something. I wouldn't. I would hope not. But um, we, we've already fought about like something like Million Dollar Baby. All I'm saying is that you could pull the like six or seven that you think are good out of that list, and we could argue specifically about them. But as 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 a whole, his IMDb page as a director is a shit show, and you're defending him as a great director when you know 95 percent of that list is terrible. But those six or seven great movies are so great that any I'm other done. filmmaker would be proud to have them on their filmography. My it's work is done here. Who else gets that pass? Who else gets that? Pass? I don't know. Like everybody. I mean, Gal Gadot. What did we decide? Gal Gadot. Gadot oh like definitely doesn't. Sam. I mean, I'm not going to defend like those Gal race Gadot car Gadot. movies that Howard Hawks made at the end of his career either. But you know what? He's still a great director. Sam. Okay, Sam. Um, all right. So Corey came right out of the bat, uh, quoting or stating 75% of Clint Eastwood's filmography is not very good, and I just wrote a little question mark next to that in my notes. Um, yeah, Are you taking a, notes? Oh, yeah, all the time. When did this start? Um, I was born to notes. We just notes. can't see him, Gore. Um, We're normally in the booth. That's true. He is a walking VHS collection. Um, uh, Rachel gets, for sure, a few bonus points for coming so prepared with quotes and citations. I believe that was MLA format. That's fair. Um, yeah, if he won't rehearse and he's known for his first takes, you can absolutely tell. Um, and whether he recognizes it or not, Corey actually agrees with Rachel, so... Corey loses, Clint Eastwood loses, 
Rachel wins. Happy Thank Women's you. Home Week. Yeah, but Clint Thank Eastwood you. made letters from Iwo Jima, so who wins in the end? Well, ultimately, we're the losers because Clint Eastwood is still being allowed to direct when that, who else gets to make mistakes like that and keep doing their job and getting paid to do it? Me. Some of us. <laughs> yeah, Just a lot of, a lot of people. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. Um, who else wins two Academy Awards for Best Director and continues to still be allowed to make movies? Yeah, outrageous. Oh, my God. Well, oh, all of a sudden, the, are you gonna this cry is my macho, favorite thing. Though? Look, this is my favorite thing about Corey. When it benefits him, he starts leaning on the Academy. Oh, the Academy. <laughs> all of a sudden, it's like, it's oh, true, the, well, I when do. the Academy said. But, a lot but, of the time. But like, normally, it's like, oh, well, as if the Academy's ever done anything right. <laughs> It's true. It, it, is a, it is an occasionally beneficial argument to make. Also, um, there's no way there's any, like, you know, sort of just navel-gazing or anything like that going on within the Academy. I mean, they're totally straight-up fair. They watch every film that comes out every year. They don't award themselves. Oh, boy. They don't self-congratulate. They're just on the up-and-up all the time. <laughs> well, I think every year really they look movie. at him and they go, that dude's not living much longer, and he needs an Oscar in his hand. Well, they should have put one in this hand for Cry Macho. He's definitely winning because he keeps on living. Somehow. I won. Programming Regrets, coming this fall. Programming Retrats. No, he just told me. Regrets. Does that work? (laughs) Regrets. Do yes, it. it Can you do it? What, how, do we go, how do we go into this segment? I, I really don't remember. Don't remember. Because we regret so rarely, Corey, that we rarely do this segment. Uh, I have a lot of regrets, like okay. agreeing to argue Clint Eastwood as director today oh during Women in Film That's Week. That's true. Well, my big regret is this. Okay. Uh, I chose to program that damn Kanye West documentary. Yeah, I saw you post about this on social media, yeah. and you seemed pretty upset about yeah i normally don't post anything on social media other than like a bird with like a wig on or something (laughs) you know something just very stupid and laughable that i'll occasionally do but i did do a like a public apology for programming that film and i do feel really bad and that's because in recent weeks kanye west has uh had something of a break with reality and seems to be engaging in well recent years but especially recently like in the last couple months behavior that seems pretty in- meant to intimidate his ex-wife yeah and i knew better when i did it that's what I, that's kind of what i'm getting at like it, it's not just the the uh the revelations that have come up over the last couple of weeks it really is a i'm sorry you know like i knew better i did think we would sell a lot of tickets and we did mm-hmm. and we really did need to sell a lot of tickets that week and so that part of it is i mean i, I just will admit like that part of it was successful for us and unfortunately, you know, some other things that we did that week were not that were more de- deserving of, uh, of success. Um, but I do think that seeing how the last, to your point, the last few weeks have kind of played out has mm-hmm. called attention to uh, my misjudgment. Because it is one of those things where you, you know, you make a music video and you show yourself burying somebody alive and you, you know, come out and, and I don't know what all's going on here. He's buying a house. I think that happened several weeks ago, though. Bought a house down the street from this woman. It's clear stalking. Yeah, I don't really keep up with this. Well, just so you know, that's what's happening. There's a lot of sort of public threats and this kind of shit. And, you know, this is a person who got, don't, no matter, I know, I know we sometimes, like, you don't take Taylor Swift as serious as I do. But, um, (laughs) not really. No, not until Evermore. And then you kind of, that's true. That is a really good record. But no matter what, 
as we all are aware, and as, a, as I'm sure Kanye West is aware, the, just like we talked about the Academy Awards, the, the Video Music Awards, uh -huh. or any of these other, the Grammys, any of the stuff, none of that is, is very fair. Everything in those, world, in, in those worlds are very subjective, and there's no definitive right or wrong and who should win something. It's a competition, and it's an unfair competition. And when he got on that stage and took a statue away from a young woman who, you know, had earned it as, as fair and square as anybody else in the room, that was, I don't know why we let him keep having a career. Well, the, the misjudgment is less yours than and more a culture-wide misjudgment. But I think that when we choose to put stuff on a screen, like mm -hmm. the Kanye West doc, and go out there and market it and say, come see this with us, and this, I don't believe in censorship. That's not what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do believe in programming choice. And I do believe that, we, that people who are programmers, whether that's at a movie theater or whether that's a television station or a radio station or what have you, I think that whatever the, the sort of, um, whatever the vibe of that, of that world is, whatever the vibe of that cinema is or that chain or whatever it is, says, has an impact culturally. And I do think that independent theaters kind of, patting Kanye on the back by programming that film creates a cultural landscape in which people can misbehave and then this is going to be like OJ part two. Well, that is concerning. Um, my understanding about the broader documentary project, and I've yeah. seen none of this, but it's a three part kind I, of lengthy I, I, And to be honest, I haven't either. Like, I'll just be upfront. Like, I, will, I watched the first 10 minutes and the, in, in yeah. the first 10 minutes they played that segment where he takes the... Uh, takes a little, I guess, a statue or whatever away right. from Taylor Swift. And at that point, the way they had framed it was this sort of like, you know, almost like a hero moment. Lovable scoundrel. And I, and I just walked out because it mm. was really, it's just so gross to me. Well, I, my understanding is that at least the third part of the documentary series, which approaches, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. contemporary Kanye, is a little bit more warts and all, perhaps critical. But, I mean, the project You've was made by his You've got to go through four hours to get to a beginning. critical moment. Yeah, I mean, I, I, again, I'm not excusing it, but it is, it, it's kind of interesting. I, you know, I don't know how I come down on that, I guess, ultimately. On whether or not we should or shouldn't program yeah. something like that? Yeah, because, I mean, I, I, I hear what you're saying, that it, it is kind of sidewalk adding its imprimatur to whatever it is that we screen, right? We're putting yeah. our logo on it, we're promoting it, as you said. We're saying it's worthy of programming, we're wor it's worthy of celebrating, it's worthy of consideration. And here's the thing, a film mm -hmm. like that doesn't need that anyway. That's, no, I think that's one part of it. It's one already of the on biggest Netflix. watched things on Netflix right now right. and we, was playing at other theaters in the area, in fact, that, that one night that we screened that I feel documentary. like screening something, like, I guess what I'm getting at is screening something like that, because I don't, you're, I mean, I, I understand where you might walk a line here, because it, it I don't, I don't believe in censorship. And I mean, mm -hmm. I, you know, I fall in a much different place when we look at something like the Nightingale that people were very you know, upset and disturbed by. And I mean, this is stuff I'm very proud of programming and that we do time and time again. But, and so I wouldn't, you know, and, and again, that's not for everybody. Some people are going to be very disturbed or triggered by that film and et cetera, et cetera. I, don't, I just don't believe in burying anything. But I, I think what I'm getting at is there's something that, there's some conversation that we always have around those films. Mm -hmm. And there's some, there, there's something sort of, thought-provoking and important about those kind of films, whereas you have something like this, and it, it feels as if there is, it, it feels as if it's just almost celebrating this kind of behavior or saying this kind of behavior is okay, when literally, you know, 
14 days earlier, he's doing things that are potentially criminally stalking. I mean, the title of the film is literally Genius. Right, right. It's about how great Kanye West is, at least in part. So I just don't feel good about the decision and, you know, apologizing for it. And I wonder where the balance between us needing to run a cinema that does well, that is successful, that as a nonprofit, you know, we're not looking, nobody here is trying to get rich by any means. And if, by the way, if you want to get rich, definitely open a movie theater. It's, it's a direct route to wealth. Yeah, we're killing it. Um, but, you know, it's, we are trying to, to make ends meet. And so you see something like this and it's really desirable because you know a ton of people are going to come. But it makes me question that too. It's like, why are so many people interested in attending to that? So, okay, if there were a documentary project that were critical of Kanye West, how would you feel about that? I don't, I don't have a problem with that. Plot twist, directed by Roman Polanski. Well, there you go. But, I mean, when was the last time we put a Roman Polanski? I think that's part of it, too, right? Like, right. we did the Kanye doc, but when was the last time we put a Woody Allen film on the screen? I mean, we're even talking about this doing this, this series that I mentioned the other day, or this, like, the Predators. <laughs> Predators. And, and, and just, you know, you don't know what predator you're going to get when you come to see the film, but it's free, and we don't pay a screening fee either, and we just throw, you know, some kind of Woody Allen or something on, on the screen so that you can watch, watch a Woody Allen film and none of us feel guilty about it. So you can really appreciate how great uh, the Purple Rose of Cairo is, but then also kind of feel weird about it, too. But then we also wouldn't play Manhattan, I don't think. Even for free, I don't think we'd play <laughs> Manhattan, that, like, right? Uh, I don't you know, know about that anymore. Watching him pursue a 14-year-old girl makes me very uncomfortable. Anyway, I don't, you know, I, again, as, as as many of our retractions and regrets, there's no real answer here uh, that I'm trying to get at. It's just a, a comment that I have been feeling bad. And part of my feeling bad is this, you know, first of all, make, trying to make myself feel better for apologizing. I'm acknowledging that to mm -hmm. make myself feel better. Um, but I also have this just gut feeling that something really bad is going to happen, and then we've programmed this thing. And that, I mean, to me, and then again, the bigger, that, then I, I do think it kind of, we get to a place where everybody goes, why didn't we all do something? Right. There it was. I mean, we're saying this about Britney Spears now, too. Like, you know, there was these, there were these cries for help that we just put all over the the front of magazines and paid for and clearly she was a young woman who was struggling with mental health issues and all kinds of other stuff including and you know probably family bullying and things that seemed very obvious mm -hmm. and we just you know let's let's all celebrate it and kind of you know laugh at it and keep on moving so i just think that we have i think that we have a different responsibility in the world of media yeah and that's what i'm acknowledging i think that's fair I, I'm not in a rush to watch this film <laughs> yeah. or listen to it. I mean, I haven't listened to Kanye West since 2006, and I'm feeling pretty good about that decision, too. Yeah, I hope that we can find a day when people rush to the cinema and fill up the rooms to watch films that are played during Woman in Film Week as opposed to rushing to watch some asshole talk about himself being a genius, which I'm going to say something really controversial right now that I know a lot of people don't agree with. The music isn't even that good. Shots fired. It's just not. And again, that's opinion, but I'm taking the statue away from him. Well, be sure to join us in 2023 for our Women in Film double feature of uh, Rosemary's Baby and, um, <laughs> and our Crimes and Misdemeanors. And Manhattan. Yeah, there you go. Annie Hall oh, celebrating God. Diane Keaton. Uh, all right, well, that's a programming yeah, regret. regret. I'm regret. sure we will never do anything that we regret. Oh, ever yeah, again. never. I'll never make another mistake, Corey. 
Thank you for listening to Side Talks Podcast. We're your own personal cinematic Stacy and Linda. I need context for that. Well, those are v- basic names that I think you're not going to get. Okay. But it's Women in Film Week. These are uh-huh. two characters in a film directed by a woman. I still need more. Stacy has a very 80s lean to it, doesn't it? If you say so. So it's Fast Times at Richmond High. This oh, is, this is okay. Phoebe Cates and Jennifer Jason Lee's character. I would never have gotten I don't. I wouldn't imagine you would have, but that's no. who it is. In the, um, the Criterion flash sale that happened yesterday where... All of their Blu-rays were 50% off for uh, 24 hours. I did order uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High on Blu-ray, and I will be re-watching it very soon. Uh, Kathleen's great. She, uh, you know, a little less wealthy than she was yesterday, but uh, I just saw Gareth do like a hoo-hoo in the air. Did you get anything in that uh, flash sale, Gareth? Absolutely. Hell yeah. We'll talk later. Thanks to Boutwell Studios. Uh, Especially for coming out to the Sidewalk Cinema to put this live show on. Thanks, Brad. Thanks to Revelator Coffee. Our sponsor. Uh, You're drinking I, some right now, yes? Or is this... This is gonna... homemade coffee, but I did buy a couple coffees from them this morning. Well, you had to save some money so you could spend it on Blu-rays. That's absolutely true. And uh, thanks to our, our live studio audience. Woo! We'll call it that. Thank you. We, we know each of you personally, <laughs> which is always good for a live performance. Uh, my mom and dad are here. And my yeah. wife. Hi, Kathleen. <laughs> um, oh, um, yeah, I think that's... Sidewalkfest.com. Yeah. We're at Sidewalk Film on social media. What do we have coming up after um, Women in Film Week? Would you asked for it, Corey, and you got it. So Jack asked forever. We'll be on a screen here yes. soon. I'm going to see it again. Psyched out of your mind. X is probably screening by the time this airs. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. X uh, Ultrasound is going to be here for a couple days, which is a really neat um, indie thriller. If and, you're listening to this, it may or may not still be playing. Yeah, and I don't know if you're going to either have just missed it or if you still have a chance to catch it, but Magic Mike March Madness and then Magic Mike Mimosa Madness are playing. So a uh, a night of craziness with the original Magic Mike in here, and we're going to have all kinds of drink specials and hot dog specials, get it? <laughs> and then Mimosa Madness, we're going to have uh, all kinds of surprises, but some Bloody Marys and some clearly, as the, as the title suggests, mimosas to come enjoy, you know. When you, when you want to come see films about male strippers, but you don't want to be out after dark. <laughs> uh, I love Magic Mike. Yeah, I think you'll it's be a great here. movie. Um, so, yeah, Steven Soderbergh, you know, he's doing a third one. Yeah, I know. It's exciting. Thank you for listening. Thanks. Bye. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.